What was that? Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. What is that stuff? Plastique. Silly putty with a bang. Oh, Greg. <laughs> Why? This is this is gonna be a toughie. This is gonna be a real difficult episode for us to get through, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Welcome to episode thirteen of Mullets and Memories. I am Dave Champa. I am Greg Klein. Welcome to episode thirteen of MacGyver entitled Flames End. A theft of uranium occurs at a nuclear power plant where an ex-girlfriend of MacGyver's works. She enlists his help to catch the thief which endangers her and MacGyver's lives. I have a lot of problems with this episode. Me too. I'm just going to say right off the bat, it wasn't a nuclear power plant. What was it? It was a nuclear processing facility. That's right. Wasn't it? What, what, what yeah. did they call it? A nuclear... Pro- yeah. A nuclear research something? Yeah. or Nuclear processing facility. That's what I understood. Yeah. Oh, no. A nuclear power station. Really? That's what they referred to it as, the Westport Nuclear Power Station. But in the actual episode, they called it a nuclear processing plant. Yes, they did. Yes. Ugh. So, that yeah. So, we're going to find a lot of inconsistencies with this episode, I think. Something smelling here, Greg? Yeah, something does. Sounds really? Okay. So, I apologize. It might be me. Um, so, we're going to find a lot of inconsistencies in this episode. I had a lot of issues with the episode. I think you had more than I did because overall, I kind of liked it, but I yeah. think my biggest issues were in the first 15 minutes of the episode. There, I, I, I couldn't end up liking it like you did. Like, there were, I, there are parts, like, there's certain actors in it that were great yeah. to see. Oh, yeah. I, couldn't stand this episode okay well let's just jump right into it so we open we don't have an opening gambit we actually just have like an opening like an opening sequence before the show that's directly tied into the show so this Mm -hmm. is the first post opening gambit episode we have so we open with macgyver's ex-girlfriend working in her lab at the westport nuclear power station when she gets a phone call from a state trooper that her boss died that his car went off the road and hit a bridge (laughs) That's what he says on the phone. Yeah. Is, oh my God, is he okay? Is, this, is that your boss? Do you know him? Yeah, I know him. Is he okay? Yeah, he's dead. He went oh. off the road. Yeah. He and it, hit a bridge. Instead <laughs> of ending the call, she just like lowers the receiver down and kind of stares off. Right. So then the scene immediately shifts to MacGyver, and it's very close up on his face, and MacGyver's wearing a hockey helmet. He's wearing a hockey helmet, and it's clear that he's wearing like a hockey jersey. And we cut to another woman who's like wearing this purple blouse, mm-hmm. and her name is Susan. Susan was delightful. And I Greg, liked Susan. What are he? What are she and MacGyver doing right now? They're playing not not air hockey, but those older like like foosball. Only it's hockey, right? Exactly. Yeah, I and, forget what it's hockey. And MacGyver has like set up like a Rube Goldberg type machine to like to drop the puck. But it's like a big marble, so like he drops it down, it goes down the path, and it pops the marble up. Was that it? Yeah, I thought that was just a timer to start playing. No, I think it. I think it dropped the marble into the machine. Oh, maybe so that they could play. Okay. So okay. We, we shift to Mac, and they're having a blast, and that lasts. That scene doesn't go on for very long. Then we cut back to the power plant, and Amy, Amy, we don't name her yet. Her name is Amy, and she runs to another part of the nuclear power station. She opens a filing cabinet. And she pulls out 
a file that says confidential. For your eyes only. For, for, your, for eyes only. For eyes only. And it was from Amy to her boss. And what it says on the front of the thing is it says, uh, it talks about um, canisters of uranium mm-hmm. at the plant. So what she ended up doing is she has to go hide that because she assumes that somebody's after her. So a man in a hazmat suit, all of a sudden, who looks just like Marty McFly when he is trying to convince his father, Marty McFly. I am Darth Vader from Vulcan. Not Marty McFly. I'm George. George McFly. Yeah. 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 Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Yes. He He looks... looks, Go ahead. We said it at the same time. (laughs) He looks just like that. Yes. So the guy shows up out of nowhere and... This was this was a good point because your wife actually, when you watched this, she brought up this point about what happens next. So she picks up the phone because she's trying to make a phone call um, to the NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Yes. Whatever. And as she's doing that, we had a close-up on a pair of wire cutters. The guy goes in and he cuts the phone line of the telephone that Amy's talking on. Now, your wife brought up a really good point, which I didn't think of, and I'll let you go ahead and explain that. Well, later as Amy is running around, after she stashes the confidential um, paperwork, she hides it in the plant as opposed to taking it with her. Right. Um, she finds, she goes down a hallway, and there's a red phone on the wall that she picks up to call MacGyver. That red phone works. So apparently the wire that this guy cut only cut her phone in her office or wherever. Right. Because you see the, you see the close-up and he's cutting the wire and he's clearly standing in front of a telephone when he cuts the wire. So he literally had to have been about as close to the woman as, you, as I am to you. So I think, we're, about, I think we're he, about a foot and a half away from each other. He cut the phone line to like their central hub of their phone system. Right. So he could have been anywhere, right? But it but, was just, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good point. I didn't really think about it, and he had to be wearing that uh, hazmat suit because those phones are pretty dangerous. Exactly, exactly. So Amy tries to get to the phone call. The phone gets cut, and we cut right back to you're right there. Yeah, I felt like something um, tickled my back through the chair. Is there a mouse in the seat? I thought there was a mouse in the seat. This is creeping me out right now. Do you want to check? No, it get- was a. Uh, what was it? It was that wrestling buddy. Oh, did he fall in behind the he seat? He fell in behind oh. the seat and his little <laughs> hand tickled me in the back. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay, sorry. So we're back at Mac's apartment. We've cut back and they're still playing hockey. He's clearly winning because I don't think you could be MacGyver and not win. No, not only is he playing hockey, he's playing it with real hockey gloves on. <laughs> so imagine trying to like move the handle of these hockey players in the foosball table. All you can do with hockey gloves... Is hold a hockey stick. Right. That's it. So he's playing a really aggressive, very win- like winning game of foosball with these giant hockey gloves on. But it's hockey, not foosball. Hockey ball. Hockey foos. Foos hockey. Anyway, hmm. um, so he's winning, and then we cut right back to the plant. Amy has the file in her hand, and she, what she does is she takes it to the incinerator. No. To- not the incinerator. God, Jeez. to nuclear waste processing room. Oh yes, it's like where they where they bring the waste to like re- not recycle the waste. It says process it. It doesn't do anything. Does it really? Yeah. I, see, I wasn't even paying attention because I hated. The, I hated this episode. The first fifteen minutes of this episode are terrible. And I already it, talked about this, where she hides the stuff. And oh then, right. So yeah, and then she goes and makes the phone call. So she hides the paperwork in the nuclear waste processing right. room. Then goes and makes the phone call. Dave, get this right. Sorry. God. Okay. So Mac wins his hockey match, and within seconds, Susan calls him a cheater. <laughs> yeah, and then they decide on a rematch, and Mac agrees, and then the phone rings. 
which is Amy calling from the red phone because the only it's the phone that works. Right. So he lets it go to voicemail, and it's actually kind of a funny voicemail. And he goes, "This isn't MacGyver. If you're calling him, you got the wrong number. <laughs> right. Leave, him, leave a message, Mac. Is if if you're home, please pick up. I really need to talk to you. It's Amy, whatever her last name is." Amy Austin? Okay. I think that's what it was. Anyway, so he runs over and he picks up the phone and she tells Max, someone's trying to kill me. What? Meet me. Meet me at the beach in the morning. I think that's all she says. So it, She says, meet me at the beach. Our beach. That's right. Then you're like, oh, oh. who is this woman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's her history oh. with MacGyver? Oh. I'm all about the details, Peter. <laughs> Try to find me, please. <laughs> Oh, man, what I wouldn't give for a cameo by Quail right now. <laughs> Quail. <laughs> so Mac tries to talk to Amy about what's going on, but she drops the phone when she hears noises down the hall. And by noises, we mean that the guy is literally just standing at the end of the hall staring at her. Oh, the guy in the in the suit. In the that. guy in the hazmat suit's just standing at the end of the hall staring at her. So she drops the phone. And rather than the hazmat guy just like, I, I assumed he was going to pick up the phone and just be like, <sighs> yeah. like, breathe into it. He just hangs up the phone. He just hangs it up. Yeah. And then, turd. We, and then we cut... We cut to black and we go to the opening credits and we open up with Mac pulling into a beach. Yeah. Their beach. Their beach. And he has like this nostalgic, like, oh, a lot of a lot of time has passed. I've grown up. She's grown up. People are different. And this beach used to have palm trees. Right. Used to have palm trees. Right. I don't know where they all went. I guess they washed <laughs> into the ocean. Okay. It's clearly it was that long ago. And that's where they have their their his little grease flashback. Oh my gosh, he rides it on the motorcycle with the leather coat. Like this is the first flashback I think in the whole series. Yeah, Leah, yeah, I think so. So they flash back to when Mac and Amy were presumably an item, right? And he just says that he got them work on a freighter. on a freighter to tour the world, and she's like, "What? We, me and Tim, just got jobs at the nuclear processing plant. Right. They need a lot of smart people to work over there. Right. Mac, you you went to school. He's like, yeah, I studied physics because it was fun, not because I wanted to get a job. Right. I want to go see the world. She's like, what? Yeah. So Mac wants to live a life of travel, and Amy basically wants the stability of a solid job, which clearly panned out for her since now she's the director yeah. of the facility. So Yeah. So whatever happened, Mac goes off and becomes whatever he is, right. and Amy is still working at this nuclear processing plant, park, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So she tells Mac, you know, you're just chasing a dream. I think this is it for us. And she gets in her car and drives away. And Mac says, oh, so that's how it ends? Yes, that's right. And that's it. <laughs> that's that's right. literally how it ends. What a great, what a really great sentiment. <laughs> oh, so that's how it ends? Okay, cool. And then we end the flashback. Oh. And so he's still on the beach when a car drives up in the distance mm-hmm. and the woman beeps the horn and kind of like waves him over. Like beeps it really hard. Like, yeah. Bah, bah, yeah. Bah, bah, bah. And so she kind of like waves him over and, and he waves, he waves at her. Oh, hey, how's it going? And so as he's walking towards it, probably he gets three steps in and the car just erupts into flames and explodes. <laughs> and he's just like, <gasps> there's a, a silent, like a, a, a soundless, Amy. Yeah. And it's slow motion and it's silent and it like, it's just that, it's that cheap 80s like strobe effect when he's like, yeah. So, and there's a freeze frame before commercial of just his anguished face. Yeah. And you feel like, I, I legitimately felt bad. You know, oh, what? absolutely. I think, I think this is the only point in the whole, whole show that I'm like, damn, I feel really bad. This is still pretty awful stuff and it gets worse. It does. I'm about to lose my shit here in a minute with, with what, what's about to happen. Okay. So we come back from commercial and now it's the corner. We open on the corner's car. Because it says corner of <laughs> right across the side of the car door. S- stuff the plot twist. Oh, Not man. twist, but So whatever. Sheriff Ed Train arrives 
with Tim Wexler. Now Tim and Mac have a history. They've know they knew each other in college. And that's the Tim <clears throat> that Amy was referring to that got the job at the plant as well. Right, exactly. Now, Greg, who who does who is Tim played by? Uh, one of our good 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 buddies. One Mr. Robert England. Robert England, Mr. Freddy Krueger himself, who would have been better as Freddy Krueger <laughs> in wish, this episode. <laughs> I wish he played Freddy Krueger in this episode. That would be amazing. Oh, come but, like, get me, bitch. But played it like he's actually operating a nuclear power facility. Right. So he's like he's Tim uh. he's Tim Wexler, but it's almost like Robert England just got the day off from filming. Because I think we had decided he had already finished and released Nightmare on Elm Street's one and two, and was prepping part three yeah. at this point. So it would have been really funny if like they pulled him into the set for like one day of shooting, but he was still in costume. Yeah, all but he's dressed as Freddy Krueger, but playing Tim Wexler with like the. F- I think that would have been much more much more interesting <laughs> yeah. to watch. So anyway, so Tim arrives and Mac tells him what happens, and he basically he picks up this gas the the a fragment of the gas Who's tank. He? Mac Mac picks up like a fragment of the gas tank and says, "Hey, why don't you have your boys?" Take a look at this, because I can uh, I can tell you right now that whoever killed Amy fired a tracer round mm-hmm. into the gas tank because he found magnesium yeah. on the outside. Well, it let's was, it let's, was an entrance. let's slow down a bit here because they I don't want to. I want to get this episode done. <laughs> they went. I'm just. I have to explain why I hated this so much. Oh, okay, because the car blows up. And then the next scene after the commercial break is the car is not on fire anymore. It's completely, oh, right. yes. it's completely out, and Mac is poking around at it. Like, they let him there. Like, I don't know. all the, pff, Whatever. And then they're digging around. That's where he meets uh, the Robert England character, Tim. Yep. Um, they're exchanging. They, uh, they knew each other from college. Um, so the car burned out in... An hour? It was a record time. I mean, you imagine the coroner did not take an hour to get yeah, there. Yeah, and the coroner, they got the body out already. Yeah. And they said they took it to the lab to figure out. Oh, God, that's the, right. The guys, his, like, my people couldn't find any reason why it blew up. Like, they already did all the forensics right then. Right, right. And, <laughs> oh, man, I was starting to fume at this. Right, like, yeah, I love that they're like, well, my buddies didn't find any sign of foul play. And Max like, well, look at this piece of the gas tank. This is an entry bullet. Yeah. Like this bullet went into the gas tank. Right. And I've been sitting here for over an hour and I've just now like Yeah. But your forensics guys had no idea that this yeah. was happening. Right, exactly. They and couldn't tell what magnesium looked like. And then goes to the next bit which you really hated. <sighs> okay, so they have a quick conversation. He says, you know, have you guys look at this at the lab because I think I think this was sabotage and I think Amy was murdered. And Train goes, "Well, Mac, you're you're all set. You don't have to you don't have to stay. We appreciate all you've done. Um, he's like, well, no, I, one's the funeral. Then Train goes, funeral's tomorrow. No, no, I have to go. Okay. So she dies an hour ago. They retrieve the body. They're already done with their lab tests mm-hmm. and everything on the body. But the funeral is going to be in like 18 hours. Right. And this isn't even like this This scene was crunched for time or whatever or to make it fit. No, this, this is the actual dialogue. Right. This yeah. is absurd. Right. My, yeah. Well, I want to go to the funeral. When's that going to be? Oh, it's tomorrow, Mac. Okay. Well, I have to be there. Oh, okay. That's not enough time to notify family next of kin. All these people that have, like, you would assume. So then we cut to the f- fucking cemetery. <laughs> and you've got, you know, Wexler's there, Train's there, Mac's there, Quail's sitting in the background. Right. Axminster's sitting in the back there with him, and I don't know why they're there, but they're just hanging out in the back. And Buddy's off in the distance and riding Buddy's a motorcycle. Just drinking beer on a motorcycle <laughs> silently. 
So, you know, you get your usual, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust moment, and MacGyver gets up and walks back to his car. Now, here's where I lose my shit, okay? <laughs> I got to go to my notes just so I can read exactly what I wrote. Okay, so MacGyver gets into his car from the cemetery. Within seconds, a hand reaches up and grabs him on the shoulder. Amy sits up and goes, oh, MacGyver, thank God you're here. <laughs> you brought this point up that I didn't even realize, but... She goes, thank God you're here. Well, of course I'm fucking here. It's my car. Why wouldn't I be sitting here? Okay? That's problem number one. Yes. Problem number two, how the hell did she get into the backseat of that car with no one at the cemetery noticing her get in? Right. How long was she in the car? Because there's no way that MacGyver would not have noticed her there if she'd been in that car the entire ride over. Like, how did she get to the cemetery? Right. With her purse. Right. She has her purse. Oh my god, that was it. And I was at that point, I was like, this is not going to get any better for this episode. Because then she just starts weeping and literally can't stop for the entire <laughs> sequence following. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And oh, Mac, shut Mac up. Actually, Mac gets really mad at her for, first you die, and then you come back. Do you know what that did to me? Like all this stuff. Right. And then, But they were forgetting to, they're forgetting to notice is that they're like, but who was in the car? Right. <laughs> who did you kill in the car? Now, granted, I, I am glad that it wasn't a, because in my head I had it being like that she knowingly sent some other person in this car that she right. was going to get killed. But, but she, she even said, I didn't know that anyone would die. Right. She's like, I didn't know they were trying to kill me, so I had no idea. It was her coworker, Bonnie. It was her roommate. Her roommate and coworker, yes. right? Yeah. Bonnie, who she had sent to go pick up MacGyver. Because she was too scared to go. Exactly. She was like, So you had an inkling, so you sent Bonnie in anyway. And, you, were, you were too scared to go for a reason. And Bonnie's the idiot who's like, Okay. Yeah, all right. That sounds cool. I might as well go pick him up on the beach. Yeah. So, I mean, at least she didn't realize that Bonnie was going to get killed. But then we just sort of forget Bonnie even exists. They're right. Like, oh, I didn't know she was going to die. Right. Because Max says, who did they put in that coffin? Who did they? So that means that our amazing lab technicians from the forensic department pulled the body out of the wreckage, didn't realize that it was the wrong person, and buried them anyway. Right. Right. What? <laughs> Exactly. All in about 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. So after we have this whole moment and they have the, this, this 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 fight and Mac scolds her, Amy finally kind of breaks down and tells Mac that six days prior to this incident, a canister of uranium was stolen from the plant and that, that what it is is it's basically enriched uranium-235, mm -hmm. which if found in the wrong hands, according to her, it could be used to make a nuclear Wh which bomb. Which is interesting because they don't enrich uraniums at nuclear power plants. Right. They might at a nuclear processing facility. Right. I think they have to figure out what this facility is. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to have to do here. So we cut back to the plant. Tim's looking at a yearbook. Of just, of course, the science club comprised of only Tim, MacGyver, and uh, Bonnie. Not no, Bonnie, Amy. Sorry, Bonds, and and Amy. So we cut yeah, that's back. it. Is it science club or something? Yes, yeah, it's the class of like the science club, or most likely to be whatever. So the phone call comes in, and it's from the coroner. And Tim realizes that Amy's still alive because they got the forensics back, and they got the DNA count back, whatever it was, and they just placed Bonnie. <laughs> In this grave. And Bonnie's family probably doesn't know that she's dead. Um, so is this the whole argument in front of her house? So then, yeah. So yeah. then we cut back to 
uh, Amy's dad's house, I guess is where they are, and Mac empties his pockets and gives his handkerchief to Amy. And then we get this scene, which comes up, which we're going to play for you right okay, now. Okay, this is a little scene after they're like in the house. She's crying. Mac's trying to console her. Really awkward, by the way. Yeah, here we go. A lot of time. Not much else. Christmas card now and again. And one red rose from you every birthday. <laughs> well, you used to like that kind of stuff. I still do. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. oh, the music swells. They're making out and sucking their necks. Oh. Wait, here it comes. Mm. Mm. I still remember how you taste. Oh, God. You're welcome. Thank you, Mac. I still remember how you taste. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. In all the time you've known your wife, did you ever say that, or did she ever say that to you after a kiss? Well, no, because we're still married. Right. Exactly. Exactly. God, like oh, any kiss I've never anybody I've ever dated or anything I've never said. Never oh, come back. Man, I forgot how much this tasted. Like <laughs> just no. So I get the sentiment, but to hear it is like, oh. I have a question for you. Yes, David. What do we think MacGyver tastes like? I wrote, I think he tastes like nuclear ash. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that MacGyver tastes like, like some sort of a spearmint gum. Oh. Or he, he also, he could very well just taste like a cigar. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe as a spearmint gum or a cigar. So, One of the- <laughs> so kissing, you would get that taste after you smoke a cigar. You'd get that cotton mouth taste. Yeah, if you kiss him, just like, oh, MacGyver. So really, I think mm. I think after this kiss, they have sex on the dining room table. That's pretty much what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So then we cut back to them in their car, and they're driving back to the plant. Because MacGyver's like, well, you need to tell me where these papers are so we, we, we can retrieve We need to go them. back into the plant. And as Christy said, go back to the lion's den. Right. This is where you were calling from because someone was trying to kill you. They think you're dead also. Yeah. There's no way they're going to let you back into this plant. But nope, they do. And the next scene- With a stranger. They MacGyver's let- driving the motorized cart- through the plant like a little golf cart to get around the plant <laughs> macgyver's driving it she's the plant director who's presumed dead right and they let and that is why you can steal uranium from a nuclear processing facility if you let anyone in because they don't care if you're dead right <laughs> so oh and then right before that we have this quick scene of a guy in sunglasses watching them from his car and oh, then, right. he just, then they just like drives away axminster's watching that <laughs> dead <laughs> <laughs> so okay so then we get to the scene where they find the paper and they're in the nuclear recycling room there's just this or, chamber in the middle of the, some factory floor thing and if i if you look closely when you're watching it they cut from inside the chamber to outside yeah and the view through the door changes because if you look at the the room from the outside there's a big warning sign on the wall right uh no from the no, wait a minute. So if you look, <laughs> you're inside the room, you're looking out the door, there's a big warning sign on the wall. You look at the room from the outside towards the door, it's a different wall and that sign isn't Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they go into the room of where they're about to dump the nuclear waste, and we cut to a scene of the same guy in the hazmat suit who's 
probably been standing there for the entirety of the episode just waiting for them to walk by. <laughs> yes. He looks like he's just been like leaning up against the wall and then he just kind of like leans over and looks towards oh. the door. Oh. Mm. We burp way too much on the show. I know. Show. We got to slow that down. So they go into the room or whatever it's called and they get the report. But but after dawdling for like 10 minutes after to explain what the room does. Yes. She's well, like, I mean, the waste comes in here and it does this and this and this. And like, Christy's like, you're wasting time right. when we're watching right. this. The waste comes down this chute when it starts to heat up. So, of course, they're in there and you know, of, then the door shuts. It starts the timer. The timer goes off and it's 60 minutes. Exactly now, 60 minutes. In 60 minutes, what's going to happen is there's nuclear waste is going to come through the chute. It's going to fill up in the room. It's going to clean itself, whatever it does. And then it's going to drain. Into the it doesn't do anything, and then it's and that's that's a sixty minute process. So, Amy then tells Mac, and this is this is a great scene just because I like the way that Mac reacts. He's really sarcastic about what's going on. So like he's like, "How do we know when this is about to come through?" And so we'll play that scene right now. Before that sludge comes racing out of there, it's already started. I can feel the heat. And how hot is it going to get in here, Mac? Before it reaches this room, it'll get too hot for us to breathe. Oh, wonderful! And how long before that happens? About 10 minutes. Great. Uh, and so I just, uh, I like that just because it's kind of like Dickie Mac. Yeah. He just like, he's just kind of like such a sarcastic bastard. He's like, oh, so what's going to happen when that starts coming in here? Yeah. Like, he's it's such- like the first time we've really seen him like that. And I think it's because uh, that's his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. So he's starting to get a little nervous. Who picked the plant over fun and adventure. Seriously. I mean, come on, man. MacGyver, he rode in a hot air balloon. Yeah. He rode a map down a desert. He fought Sid Haig on a he, horse. That's right. And he got all Sid Haigy, And it's just whatever. <laughs> I just don't like this episode. He rode a freaking jet ski made out of a coffin. Exactly. And she chose the power plant with Freddy Krueger. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So MacGyver comes up with a plan, of course, because then this is actually, we're now about how long into the episode? 27 minutes? Almost a half hour into the episode. And this is the first time we see him come up with one of his MacGyverisms. Yeah. Which is the longest I think we've gone in an episode. So... He takes out his Swiss Army knife, and he rewires the control panel, and basically what he does is he shorts out the time clock. That is conveniently accessible through the door. Of course. That goes into this chamber that handles nuclear waste. Exactly. So there's an access panel inside that room. Right. So rather than them sitting there for the 60 minutes and have the nuclear waste come pouring out on top of them, he speeds the clock up to the point where it gets to zero. Mm Mm-hmm. And the door opens. And of course, as is perfectly timed, there was no tension in that scene. He literally rewired it at the 57-minute mark. So they'd yeah. only been standing in the room for three minutes. Yeah, and fixed it immediately. And, and he the door fixes opens. it, the door opens, and within as soon as the door closes, they cut back into the room, and the nuclear waste right. comes sludging out. She referred to it as like slush, yeah. I believe, at one and point. And there's like a, a, a shot of it coming into the room. Right. It looked like slime, like Nickelodeon gack or slime or something pouring in there. At no point did I feel like they were not, like, we're like, oh, well, no, I mean, they're clearly they're clearly going to make it out. He's right. got 57 minutes left on the clock, yeah. and he's almost done rewiring And I was clock. thinking, you know, if you can feel the heat, you're probably getting irradiated, too. Right. Exactly. And we'll get to the irradiated part because they have a they have this device which is the badge. It's a real thing. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a thing. It Maybe just, not exactly. It like seemed kind of hokey. No, but it's real. Of course, the episode is hokey. Um so up in the control room, Tim is talking to the guard and has no idea what's going on. 
doesn't doesn't realize <laughs> no. that the reactor has started its purge cycle is what uh-huh. they refer to it as. So when he finally realizes that someone's in there, well, I'm just going to stop you there. Oh god. He doesn't actually notice it. The freaking security guard notices it. Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He's like, "Security guard Kyle? Hey, there's something going on on the nuclear reserve." <laughs> yeah. And Freddy Krueger's like, "What? What are you talking about, bitch?" Sorry. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they get out of the room and they run into Tim who's standing outside the door. And right after that scene, Amy and Mac decide to put on their hazmat suits. Do you think they and had, do you think they had sex in the nuclear room first? They had sex in the hazmat suits. Okay. One hazmat suit first, so they cut that out. It was a really long sequence, but yeah. they had to cut it out. So they put on these hazmat suits and Amy puts a badge on each of their suits and basically what it says is if the badge turns black they've been exposed mm-hmm. to too much radiation and basically she refers to it and says um mac a- asks a question he goes well what happens what happens if it turns black they just give me a new one and she goes no they're gonna wheel you out in a coffin right <laughs> you're dead and he goes oh yeah we have a room full of coffins <laughs> yeah it's like oh no but that's a real thing like yeah bad, oh yeah they have them on nuclear submarines and power plants and stuff and like it just it it ga- gauges how many rads you've had okay on a like a scale i mean yep. if you've had enough to kill you i don't the ba- <laughs> yeah it just tells you your exposure yeah. level yeah. so basically so if it turns black They've gotten too much radiation, and they're basically dead. It's never turning back. Exactly. So Mac gets a little freaked out, and so they head into the storeroom, and Mac walks over to a signpost. Now, Amy's like, Mac, what are you doing? There's nothing. This is just a signpost. We just we Yeah, in a storage room, there's a signpost in there saying radioactive material. Right. So he's okay. like, she's like, Mac, these are just filled with concrete. There's no reason for you to be looking at this. And he goes, well, you never know. So he takes the Geiger counter out. He tips the, he tips the canister over. And it's pretty much just hollowed out in the middle. And he pulls a canister out and he puts the Geiger counter next to it and realizes that, mm-hmm. oh, bingo. Hey, look, uranium. The first thing he looks at, he finds the missing uranium. <laughs> yeah, after these, after the people that run the plant can't find it. Right. He's like, well, you never know. And there it is. Sure enough, he tips the canister over. Yeah, I hate this episode. So they head out of the room to the radiation shower. And just as they're about to step out, Tim walks into the locker room with a gun. Realizing now that Tim, he's not the one who did it, but he's working with someone who is part of this. For money, I guess? they. I never really- They never they actually never give an it. amount, but they said that they're going to sell it to the highest bidder, but they never actually tell us mm-hmm. how much they're selling it for. They're like, well, we're going to be rich. Okay, well- Millions of what dollars. Is that ta- what are we talking about here? So he tries to reason with Tim as they leave the room. He's like, you don't need to do this. So Tim threatens to shoot them if they walk away. And MacGyver just continues to walk away, basically calling out his bluff, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and did, we, did we pull that scene we or no? We did not. So he, they have the scene, and so, so um, Amy asks MacGyver, what, uh, what, what's going on here? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm, taking the, uh, I'm taking this final exam right now. And they walk away slowly. And oh, but that's a reference to a first thing he said. What does he say? Something about a quiz or I don't know. So he says something about a quiz, but they kind of like keep walking away. And Tim's in the corner and you can see him behind framed right in between them. And he's like, MacGyver, I will shoot you. No, you won't. And he's like, okay. So, And I actually liked that scene. It was actually pretty good. I actually didn't realize. It was like, actually some of the better. I wasn't better sure scenes. if he actually was going to fire. And Robert England is such a good actor that mm-hmm. he actually sold the scene to me really well. Yeah. So I appreciated that. But of course, he doesn't fire. And they step into the control room and tell Kyle, because that's his real name, to call the NRC, the regulatory committee, and 
basically like explain what's going on. Right. And then Sheriff Train walks in and we realize that he's like the head conspirator. And I'm going to say it was probably the creeper in the hazmat suit the whole time. Yeah. I would think that he would be the one. Um, so the mm. sheriff, which might you think it was Tim, which might explain the accelerated funeral if he was on the sheriff's yeah. department. Well, no, it wouldn't have been Tim because Tim was in the control room the whole time that the guy in the hazmat suit was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Again, I can't help it. Okay, so oh, so this is my so yes. So the sheriff tells MacGyver that he's going to sell their uranium to a terrorist group in Canada. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Canadian terrorist group. Who the hell finds a terrorist group in Canada? The nicest people in the world. And they're like, oh yeah, no, these terrorists up here in Canada, Scumbags. they're gonna make us rich. But they never actually tell us how much, unless I missed it. But I don't think I did. I, I, I thought he said like thirty million. Thirty million? I don't know. Fifty thousand? I don't know. A hundred billion dollars? Whatever. It's he, a stupid it's idea. Stupid. It, ugh. Don't sell nuclear weapons or whatever. So Amy reiterates that it's dangerous because uranium two thirty five could be used to make a nuclear bomb train. What? Okay. A nuclear bomb train. Nuclear bomb train. That's a great idea. <laughs> nuclear bomb, comma, train. Okay. Uh, so then Tim comes in, basically has a change of heart, realizes he can't do it, and he's like, well, there's been too much bloodshed already, so what if we just what if we just tie them up? Well, no, we can't tie them up because then they're going to, well, if they report us, our faces are going to be plastered all over this plant. <sighs> so they kind of fight over the gun. He fires one round into the floor, one round into Tim's stomach, yep. and then one round into the nuclear reactor control panel and then one round into kyle's arm oh that's right so he shoots four so he, yeah. he hits two he hits one on the ground and then he shoots the control panel before running out of bullets right yeah running out of bullets in a semi-automatic yeah and he shoots four rounds yeah and then he's done i it better have jammed so the alarms go off all over the plant and basically realizing at this point that train has just triggered a nuclear meltdown and so train runs out and he disappears for a scene yeah and this is where like I think MacGyver shows up again, and Amy, they all show up in the control room, and there's Tim with a bullet hole in his stomach. Who's holding up surprisingly well. Yeah, he's like, all right, we're we're done for. Yeah, and because because Train shot the console, um, or the control system, it starts to melt down. Right, he's triggered a nuclear meltdown because he short-circuited the friggin' control panel. What a a shoddily built nuclear It's increasing the pressure in the radioactivity. Whatever. Whatever it does, and it starts like spewing water. Th- this is where, <laughs> okay, this whole thing with the nuclear power system, whatever they're doing, the way they're describing how things are working was genuinely insulting. Yes. Like, maybe nuclear power in the 1986, it was, yeah. it, it was, it's not a new thing back then. No, 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 no. But- I'm just like, no, 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 it this wouldn't happen. It was stupid. It was so stupid. Oh, I have to say, though, in that control room was some of the equipment that was in, in Quail's funhouse, I noticed. That was in was Qua- it? They Quail's Was using set pieces? Yeah, it totally looked like Probably the same Probably was. Stuff. No. Did they have Quail's hair in there somewhere? Yeah, they had his mustache in a, in a, in a little vial, <laughs> and it was talking on its own. God. <laughs> I would, God, what I wouldn't have given for Quail or Axminster or Buddy any one of these characters from a previous episode, Trumbo, oh, I would have yeah. loved Trumbo to walk in at some point. Just yeah. Anyone but the... Anyway. So, so go ahead. We got some uh, overloading robot voice. Oh, God, this is terrible. Go. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> no! Two. <laughs> Kyle gets shot. And control panel. Pressure overload. Pressure overload. Relieve manually. Yeah, he sorted out the monitor circuits. The oh. reactor's going out of control. What does that mean? Meltdown. Oh, my God. 
Such wonderful sights to show you. It's pressure overload. Sounds like pressure overload. Oh, just okay. So MacGyver has to think over a strategy, and so Tim tells him that shutting the reactor down won't work because the monitoring circuits are fried. The monitoring circuits are fried immediately, instantly. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's what's wrong." Okay, so Mac tells Amy, "Gonna have to go up to the roof to open the steam valves." Uh-huh. But Amy tells him that this is a bad idea because he's going to be fried with all the radioactive steam. But the, oh, well, let's go. Let's just go anyway. We got to do it anyway. Let's just go up there anyway. So Train tries to smuggle the uranium out with a dolly, right? Which with is still, no hazmat suit, right? Which is a little canister, on highly a dolly. volatile uranium. Mm-hmm. He's just wheeling out on a dolly. It's really radioactive. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. So he doesn't have the suit on. So Train spots Mac and shoots him, and then Mac just turns around, and runs in the other direction, right? <laughs> and they start a big chase around the facility. Yeah, and at which point, your your at Christie had pointed out that as they're sort of circling, kind of having this back to back, you can look up at one point in the scene. It's like forty three minutes in, I think. Yeah, and there's clearly a crew member just like standing on one of the right. balconies up above because them. because they're basically going in a circle. In the facility, and there's totally someone standing there. In the right, background. exactly. So Amy switches the automatic shutdown sequence on. Whatever. Okay. And Mac heads to the reactor. So <clears throat> Mac tells Train that if he doesn't shut down the reactor right now, it's going to level the state with over what a quarter of a million people dying. Yeah. After the because of the fall with the fallout. If 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 anyone's watched anything happening that the the, the tsunami with a Fuk- Fukushima or Fuk- yeah I think that's how you pronounce it a nuclear power plant in Japan. Yes, they did have meltdown situations in some cases. They don't blow up like they do because of the steam, but they don't level cities. Right. Exactly. They make a terrible mess though. Exactly. So, train was like you know I don't really care as long as I can get rid of the evidence. What a scumbag. Oh, okay, you dick. What a shithead. So so not only are you willing to sell nuclear material to a terrorist group, and basically shit in your own backyard, because right. that's what you're doing. Right. You're willing to destroy yourself and everything? I guess so. What a crappy, yeah, he is. short-sighted money-making So scheme. within seconds, MacGyver just like kind of like roundhouse swoops him and just kicks him in the chest and knocks him to the ground. Right. Shoots a steam pipe. Well, train shoots a steam pipe. That's right. Train shoots the steam pipe, and then realizing that as that's happening, train is now being exposed to radiation, and his badge immediately goes black. Yeah. So they're like, "All right, well, we got to. All we can do is bring him to the radiation shower, right? To try to decompose. Take me to the decompose him. him. Take me to the shower. Take me to the shower. So they got to try to clean him as much as they can. That's all that they can do. So Tim tells the guard, "You know, get out of here. It's too late. Just go." Uh, And the guard. Gets up and just walks. Kyle. Oh, all right. Yeah. Kyle leaves. Um, <clears throat> so they go to the valve. Amy says, and so they get up there, and so basically MacGyver says, you need to spray me, keep keep the water spraying on me so that the steam. Because there, there happens to be a hose up on the roof. Perfectly, perfectly placed hose. Not the only perfectly placed item mm-hmm. on the top of this steam valve. There also happened to be a, a brightly colored red wrench that happened to perfectly fit the valve on the roof. Exactly. So MacGyver takes the wrench and he tries to and he keeps like slipping like it's not which is so freaking bizarre because you would assume that the wrench that's sitting there would fit the nut that sits right. on the top yeah, of the he steam said, oh, valve he's like it's stuck it's stuck but he's getting sprayed with water and he has those big rubber hazmat gloves on so maybe it's slippery right so then we cut to he does it slips he drops the 
He drops the wrench into oh, a grate. Darn it. And it disappears. Damn it. So the first thing I would have done was run to the one of the other valves that are up there and grab a, presumably another wrench next to one of the other right. valves. So no, what does he do? He goes back to Amy and he goes, give me Train's gun. Because she's been carrying it around this whole time. Right. So she takes the gun and she hands it to Mac. He kind of bangs it around here on some metal and he pops the barrel out. Pop the, uh, the the cylinder. The, right. So yeah. that holds the bullets. And so it's basically, of course. it's a revolver. It's not an automatic. Oh, right. So it's perfectly shaped to fit on top of the nut. Sure. So after probably two attempts, he finally gets the nut loose enough so that the steam releases and the pressure goes down. And then we have one final shot of Tim smiling as he watches the pressure goes down and then his hand just kind of disappears out of frame and he dies dies. and they share a moment do you think that while amy and tim were alone in the control room they had sex on the machinery i do well i actually mentioned to say that at one point tim they're sitting there right before amy leaves and he goes tim goes you know the uh the chances are we might not make it right and he totally makes shifty eyes at her he tries to pick her up dude was totally trying to pick up on MacGyver's bitch i'm gonna die pretty soon and she so was like, let's make out. She's like, no, we'll be fine. <laughs> she gets up and leaves. Just leaves, yeah. <laughs> totally denies him. He dies alone so in the control room. we have yet another abrupt ending. We just have them kind of like snuggling up in their hazmat suits, and then we cut. I, I think that Amy and Mac had sex in the hazmat suits on top of the reactor. Absolutely, absolutely. So then we cut immediately to them walking out of Amy's dad's house. or It might have been her house. Who I don't cares? Remember. I don't care. So then they share this awkward, stupid moment at the end, and we've gone way too long. A lot of strong memories you've stirred up here in Westport Beach, Mr. MacGyver. Well, you've kind of conjured a couple that I'll be taking home myself, Miss Austin. And I'll be hanging on to them for quite some time. You know, sometimes I wish we could find a way back to that crossroad, Mac. Yeah? No! What do you think we'd find? Maybe just what we have. All right, this. You find this. Friendship. Find our friendship. Did you ever wonder how we kept hold of that through everything? Uh, That's easy. I didn't mean to yell. That's how we started. (sighs) Get it over with. And now they, they, you think they're going to make out, but they just kiss on the cheek, and then he gets in his car and drives away. And then she sort of weirdly follows the car out into into the street and watches him drive away. This was the weirdest damn one. In his Cutlass uh, Sierra. (laughs) I... I hated this What's episode. weird about this is this is so far one of our longest episodes because of so all the hate that we <laughs> spewed towards this piece of garbage. Oh, so, man. Overall, I wasn't as hateful towards it as you were. Like, the first 15 minutes were terrible. But yeah. I think the other last half hour, I think Robert England did a real nice job sort of elevating it up. MacGyver did fine. But I just think the the plot itself was just so hokey and stupid that it just never really rose above right. The, now, uh, the, like, the oh, I thought the plot was lazy, and I thought the technology in it wasn't like insulting, and and just like it's just stupid. It was. It was just a stupid, stupid story. It was stupid. I hated you big it. Friggin' idiot. You big friggin' idiot. You big friggin' idiot. <laughs> so anyway, so that's gonna end it for the week. I I just I can't talk about this episode anymore. Greg, let's let's talk about next week's episode, episode fourteen. Okay. It's called Countdown. It's MacGyver against the clock and certain death when he's sent on a mission to save a cruise ship. That's been rigged with sophisticated explosive devices. Like Speed 2? Yeah, so MacGyver's on a cruise. So it's got to be good. This is going to be fun. MacGyver on the open seas. Anyway, 
If you like what you heard, that is it for the week. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter, Blow Your Mind 14. You can find us on Facebook, Champ and Climb Blow Your Mind. You can reach us on email, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. Uh, any other way you decide to get in touch with us, please do. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, for Mullets and Memories this week, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a great week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time.